Yay, I got a new podium. I won't have to fight with the one I did yesterday. I don't know if y'all could see that in the chapel. And I heard through the grapevine with Miss Connie, y'all got a little rowdy in the chapel yesterday. Did I actually get some amens from y'all and I couldn't hear it? So chapel people, y'all got to, ladies, y'all got to step it up over there. And y'all, yes, I love that. Bring y'all's energy uh, to our time together today. I have to admit, um, yesterday was a little awkward for me. Um, You know, the restrictions in Texas aren't as um, much as what you guys are experiencing here. And so we've actually, our churches are open back up and we get to, once we get to our seat, we get to take off our mask and enjoy worship without that. And so that was interesting even trying to do that today. And and as I've taught even classes, our women's Bible studies are back open and we have a, a counseling class that I teach. Um, you know, there's so much about that to where, I, you know, they can take their mask off. And so I'm seeing, you know, everyone's face and feeding off that energy. And so looking last night and y'all having to wear your mask, it was just a different type of visual. And um, I don't know if you could feel that, and but I was a little tense last night and so thankful that y'all stuck it out with me and, and definitely had a lot of prayer time last night. But, you know, when, when God has given me the assignment to teach women, one of my actual absolute favorite things is seeing your faces. Like one of the things that I get to see, and I wish I could almost invite every single one of you to come up here and see what this looks like. I literally get to see God's creativity. To see how different each of you are made and how beautiful and unique each of you are. It literally fills my heart. Because that's the beauty of what God has done. Like comparison to me doesn't even make sense to compare to our sisters in Christ because there's so much fruit in you being exactly who you are. And he's given me these rare opportunities that I get to sit and I literally get to look at his canvas and you are that. Have you ever thought of that? It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So now I'm looking at your beauty with mask. (laughs) But it's still all the same and just being thankful that I'm here and the thought of this weekend completely. I mean, God has just made the way for y'all to be here today. Even thinking of reflection questions that y'all discussed tonight, I told the ladies team, I'm like, I don't even know if they got to those questions. For me, I would just want to catch up and be like, sister, how are you? Like catching up, how are you doing? So maybe you'll make it to the reflection questions today, um, and, and, uh, but the, the good news is they're in your book, and they're for your own personal study too, right? So feel free to catch up. Like this is such good fellowship, fellowship time for, for each of you. And some of the conversations I had with some of the ladies last night as they were encouraged, you know, I'm so thankful for encouragement. Like seriously, like I soak it up because I doubt all the time. I, that's one of my wrestles, and I'll share a little bit maybe more about that tomorrow, but um, you know, there's a lot that was sh- shared last night that you might already know. And, you know, some, some of the attributes of God, and these might be things that you study all the time. But what's interesting in Texas, because y'all might not know this, and so I kind of get the comparison factor that I get that you, you, y'all don't get, is, you know, we have mega churches in Texas. I mean, like huge, tens of thousands of people gathering on the weekends. I mean, it's crazy. But the thing is, you would think there'd be one mega church, and then there would be like another ch- church 20 miles away. But no, they're like mega churches on the corner, like a McDonald's. I mean, it's like a lot. And really, in, in socializing and getting to know new people, you know, we'll walk up to someone in the park and an opening conversation is not uncomfortable. An opening question to start a conversation would be, hey, what church do you go to? 
And even in the churches that we go to, we might even be listening to lessons or switching programs and things we go to. And so it's just very interesting. But the dynamic that we have, but one of the things that I, I've noticed as I've grown in my relationships with um, some of the ladies here at Salem Heights and, and the Equip the Council class and things like that is, you know, we, we see my husband's a discipleship pastor, and so we're constantly trying to, you know, do Bible essential workshops, and we I lead uh, women's Bible studies. But what's interesting is we still do a lot of women's ministry events off of video. Oftentimes, I'll teach Bible studies, and the women's will be in church 20, 30 years, and this is the first actual Bible study that I've done. I'm teaching how to do word studies and what's a Strong's number and, hey, here's how you use Blue Letter Bible and how you define words that way and just getting little nuggets and getting them hungry for God's word because we've gotten so comfortable in Texas. So where you actually heard maybe some of the message last night going, oh, like, I know this, I got all this. That's something that I want to encourage you not to take for granted. That's not something that people know all the time and just because they've been in church for 20, 30 years that they are being taught those types of things. So the fact that you have a women's team who's writing Bible studies and who wants to encourage you in God's word, like, ladies, I want to encourage you. If it's not already, your heart posture should be one of gratitude. But as you're learning those attributes, one of the things I, I hope that I tried to draw out of you last night was not only just learning these attributes, but how are you living differently according to it? You know, as I even listened to Judy just share her renewed, her renewed thinking, this renewed view, and using 2 Corinthians, that hope, that living hope that we just sang in the worship song, do you realize that that's hope available to you as a believer in Christ? So when you think about going through a year like this with COVID, that hope that's in you, that living hope that, that this is wasting away, but we're being renewed, that is something that should let us live through a year like this, not beaten down, but on fire for the Lord. To look at the fear of others who don't know Christ and want to share these types of attributes that we know so passionately a lady I was talking to this morning, not as dim as that little battery candle on your table, but like a fire torch of sharing God's word. So from what you learned yesterday, I pray that you go back and you review those notes. And then even what I share with you today, if there's nuggets in here that you already know, here's my encouragement to you. Multiply it. Who is in your life that you're encouraging helping to learn and grow. The ladies actually said there's new believers in your group. Meet them and do not let the fact that you can't gather paralyze you. There are so many ways to connect and Zoom's not the only one. There's a phone call. <laughs> I know you ladies are all text message and stuff, but pick up the phone and call them. Marco Polo, have y'all have that? Like it's such a good, yes, Marco Polo them. I kind of don't like that because it's like you're talking to yourself, but you're talking to your friend. But the goal is, is to make effort to understand that the hope that you have is not something for you just to sit and relax. And when I'm talking about being refreshed in his word, it's not for you just to lay down in your cozy pants and get comfortable like the ladies on social media right now. <laughs> but it's for you to get fired up knowing that you get to walk through a year like this differently and how can you then encourage other ladies to do that so 
We're going to talk today, yesterday we uh, discussed how to be refreshed by God the Father. Um, today, thankfully, you don't have as many fill-in-the-blanks, so you're welcome for that. And if you missed any, you can contact the Aaron or the ladies team, and they'll be happy to help you fill those in. But still, hopefully, taking lots of notes to be encouraged in what we're going to be discussing this morning. So again, our retreat verse is Jeremiah 31, 25. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. And yesterday, last night, we defined refreshed and, and took a look at weary and what does that look like. And today, we're going to focus on satisfy the faint. And when I thought about this and I went to the Lord, how am I satisfied and what does that look like? So here's what we're going to discuss. How are we satisfied in Jesus Christ? you haven't already picked up, we're going to be walking through the Trinity at this retreat, focusing on God the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and then the Holy Spirit this afternoon. Satisfied means to be pleased or content with what has been experienced or received, paid in full, interesting, persuaded by argument or evidence. So right now, think of a time, whether it's just this morning or last week or a month ago, when was a time that you actually were faint, as the scripture says? You needed rest, you felt weak, you were exhausted, overwhelmed, anxious, stressed, any of these words resonated, resonating with your heart? All right, now here's the tough question. In those moments, how did you actually go to Jesus to satisfy that? I think if most of us are honest, and I'll be the first one to be honest, is I like to go to temporary comforts like a TV show or ice cream or spending time with my husband even and my kids. Okay, I, I enjoy that, and that's good, right? Or even my sister's don't want to discourage fellowship in any way but do we go to them first in those moments you'll have a great counseling team here do you run to your counselor even before you go to Jesus to be satisfied the goal is not to prick you in a way but maybe stir conviction but realizing that conviction is a very healthy thing is if it helps us to realign our hearts back to the Lord and that's our goal today so here's a scripture for us, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew 11, verse 28 says, Jesus speaking, so this is our uh, red alert, red letters part of the Bible. And he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now Jesus actually reveals in this scripture his heart for the first time that it's gentle and lowly. And I encourage you to possibly research that a little bit. But for today, what, what we're going to be focusing on is the invitation that Jesus offers us to come to him. Think about this. Come to me. This is where you find rest. And when we come to him and he gives us rest, that's when we, when we have faith in Jesus, 
That is when we get the peace of God. But the verse continues and it says, take my yoke, learn from me. This is where we actually find the rest. This is where we get the peace with God. So think of the difference here. As a believer, understanding that Jesus is your living hope, you have peace of God. You are given that rest. But because we're maturing in our, our maturity and our Christ-likeness and our sanctification here while we're on earth before we're in our eternal state, it's a process. So we have to continually take his yoke, learn from Jesus, so our peace will actually grow deeper and deeper with him. When we can experience and have faith in that continual surrender and obedience to Jesus. That is how we're satisfied. You have the peace, but how are you growing in it? How is it becoming a deeper and deeper relationship with him? I'm going to give you a little Jesus 101 class. So I'm just going to kind of run through here. I don't ever want to assume that people, that you understand fully um, what who Jesus is. And so I want to make sure that, that I do this really quick before we jump into uh, a story. But Jesus was fully God and fully man. Jesus is God in the flesh. And it is through him that God has shown himself to us in a way we can all understand. Now remember, I gave you scripture references, so y'all can refer to this later. Everything I'm saying is grounded in the truth of scripture and I encourage you to research, research it more um, later. But to truly believe in God as he has revealed himself, we must believe in Jesus Christ, who in Hebrews it says is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. When a person has faith in Jesus, it means that he or she believes who Jesus is, God in human form, and trust what Jesus has done, died for our sins, and was resurrected. We have faith in the person of Christ and the work of Christ, and that's what saves. 1 John 5.1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. There's fruit in the name Jesus Christ. Jesus, his name as man, Christ meaning Messiah, his name in his representing his deity jesus is the only way it is our belief in jesus that allows our sins to be forgiven he redeemed our sins by the death on the cross he satisfied our debt remember definition of satisfied paid in full we see that in romans six twenty three: for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus promised rest to all those who come to him. That's what we saw in Matthew. Satisfying our soul is only possible for those whose souls have been redeemed through faith in Christ. Only those who are truly born in Christ can experience that peace and joy that God has promised in his word. That's what's available to you. Are you living in that, being satisfied in Jesus Christ? Does your life represent that? 
So our first point here is we're satisfied in Christ through faith. Your first fill in the blank. Satisfied through Christ in faith. Simply believing in God's existence is not enough. So you can believe all that you learned last night about God, but that's not enough because even the demons believe in God's existence. Actually, a generic belief in God can unite Jews and Christians and Muslims of goodwill. In the New Testament, as Paul wrote the letters, he was writing not that they didn't believe in God, but that it was Jesus that separated them. That's what will divide. The Bible says that one cannot have faith in God as he really is unless that faith includes Jesus Christ. And if you don't honor Jesus, you don't honor God the Father. So we're taking it a step more. What you learned about God, how are we satisfied in Jesus? It's essential, ladies, for you to believe and understand what true, genuine faith really is. And how that truth about Jesus is vital to us as believers. But believing in it is only part of the equation. How do we have faith that's actually like rooted in Jesus? What does this look like? Not just to believe in God, believe in Jesus, but how do we walk this out? Well, let's look at what faith actually is. Faith is putting our complete trust or confidence in something or someone. If you want to write that down, I'll repeat it. Faith is putting our complete trust or confidence in something or someone. Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us a clear biblical definition of faith, which says the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Simply put, faith is trusting in something you cannot explicitly prove. Faith is trusting in something you cannot explicitly prove. That's so hard because we, we want to see it, know it, understand it. But there's two parts, believing that something's true and then the second part that's actually relying and trusting on the fact that something is true. Far more than believing that it's true, but trusting and relying on those facts. And sometimes it's relying on the facts of things that we don't actually see. So here's the deal. To have faith in Jesus, it means to trust him and rely on him simply, fully, without reservation. Oftentimes in my women's Bible studies, I'll explain the difference. I, I think that was, you know, there's these things and as we grow in God's word that we learn the definition of things that just totally changes how I interact with scripture. And so like justification and sanctification, all those things were those types of words. But believe in faith was actually one of those ones that changed everything in how I thought. There's illustrations that you can find online that defines trust a little bit more, and that's like a chair. So you have a chair that you're sitting in, right? And you can believe that how that chair is made and how it works, but when you actually put your trust in the, in the chair is, is when you sit in it, that it's going to support you. And you skinny girls probably sit really quick, but me, I have to check the weight limit of it. But there's a difference there, right? We can believe in that chair. But when we sit in it, we're trusting it. You see the difference of it? 
I feel like that's such a simple analogy. It's true. But for me, it's like, what's a step further? And so I often think of skydiving. Do I have any skydivers in here? One, two, three. Y'all crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, remember y'all is you all, you all, y'all crazy. I do not like heights. Went on a trip with my family and, and uh, actually went zip lining. And it's not this beautiful organ like I'm going like miles on zip line. It was like I can see where I'm going, so I can see it, right? So not much faith there. But I had to believe that the weight, it was going to hold my weight as I went down. And my family's all, and I'm like in tears going, no, I can't do it. My family really wants me to do it. And all of a sudden, this little bitty boy just comes right on and jumps on and does a spin and just goes on down. And I'm like, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> like, so I'm not going to be jumping out of a plane anytime soon if I can't even do like a 200 feet zip line. But let's think about the skydiving just a little bit. And so since so many of you haven't ever done it, hopefully you will get this analogy of the thought of a parachute. I can believe in a parachute and I can understand how it was made and what it does. And if I pull the string, it's going to pop up and that's going to give me a happy little landing here on the ground. And I'm going to be safe and woo, the adrenaline rush. I can even believe in the parachute so much that if Emily wants to go skydiving, I'm going to high five her and say, have fun, girlfriend, but I am not going with you. My husband, I might high five him, even my kids. I might believe in the parachute so much that I let my 19-year-old jump out of the plane if he wants. Not that I technically had a choice, but I would support him and please call me when you hit the ground. But I think where it really impacts my life is when I think of that parachute, the moment I strap it on my back and I jump out of that plane, what am I doing? I'm trusting in it fully, without reservation, that when I jump out, of, I have put my entire life See that? I, feel, I just feel like that's so much more impactful than the chair. I have put my entire life in the hands of this parachute. So when I jump out of that plane, I didn't just believe in the parachute and what it was designed for. I believed and trusted in that parachute enough to put my life in its hands. Make a difference? So ladies, and, and, I, and, and there's times that we're going to have to have that type of faith and trust in Jesus, and we're not going to see the, the zip line 200 meters or see that others are in front of us and their parachutes working. We might not see anything at all, but yet we still need to trust in Jesus and what he's done to be satisfied in him. So what does that really look like? That's awesome, Shauna. Thanks for sharing. I get it. I understand it. But, like, what does that actually look like? And for me, I always love to go to scriptures to see how was this modeled. And guess who modeled it for us? Jesus. Let's turn to your Bibles in Mark chapter 5. And we're going to read a story together here. Mark chapter 5. And we're going to read starting in verse 25. What does faith actually look like? Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 25, reading from God's word. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. 
and who had suffered much under many physicians and had, and had spent all that she had had and was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, If I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. What did we learn about the woman in this story? Well, she had been bleeding for 12 years. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty cranky on day five. I mean, this is a woman's retreat, so let's just call it like it is. Twelve years? Like, like seriously. Twelve years. Verse 26, we see that she'd suffered much. And then we also see that she received care from many physicians, but was only getting worse. How frustrating would that be? How many times have we been to the doctor and, and they don't know the answers or provide healing? And, and quite honestly, it's not even that it's getting better. It's actually getting worse, not even like stabilizing. It just continues to get worse and worse. And then she says that she, did, she lost it all. So now she's even like what we would consider probably bankrupt. On top of that, back in, in this time, I think it's helpful for us to know as ladies to, to not think of this in the context of what, even how horrible that would be that we experience. Back there, women were, were inferior to men. Actually, little or less importance and value, they were considered second-class citizens. They were excluded from worship among men. How awesome was it that your pastor came? prayed for y'all last night we take things like that for granted not realizing in the stories of the bible what this actually looked like women were little little more no more status than slaves men weren't even allowed to speak to women in public and it would actually be breaking the law how frustrated you are with your governor right now and some of the laws they're putting in place can you imagine if men couldn't even speak to you in public that they would get in trouble for that on top of that, bleeding for 12 years, which, what we actually learn in like Leviticus 15, it, it shows that someone who's, who's been having a disease like that is actually deemed unclean. And when you're deemed unclean, this means that you, like, you're not able to touch anyone or anything. Or you would make them unclean. So think about this. 12 years being unclean, an outcast, excluded from everything and everyone, no physical contact, no public worship, isolated, alone, and in a perpetual state of physical pain. 
no public contact, no physical contact, no public worship, isolated, alone. Sound familiar? And we've only done it for eight months. And we've still had a little bit of family. We still had a telephone and electronics that's allowed us to still connect. This lady was all on her own for 12 years with no hope, desperate for healing. So what does she do? Verse 27, she heard about Jesus and went to him. She obviously heard about who Jesus was and that he was doing miracles. And so she went to him through the crowds. Think about how courageous that is. She's deemed unclean. She's not supposed to touch anyone. And yet she fought her way through the crowds, probably touching people because she was so desperate she needed to see Jesus. Now, I don't want to add anything to the scripture, but one of the things that I thought about is even how I can wrestle with doubt and feeling inadequate. I could have almost wrestled with, oh, he's too busy. He's on his way to somewhere. Who, who am I to go to him for healing? Or I, I went to all these physicians and they've taken all my money. And it hasn't worked. Like, would this even work? There's so many ways that our minds could even wrestle with that doubt. And it doesn't tell us that she did that, so we don't want to add that. But it does something for us to consider sometimes on how we can almost wrestle in our minds so much that we don't even go to Jesus. And yet she was so desperate. And she shows her face, her faith, when she says, if only I just touch him, I will be healed. Her courageous faith in fighting through the crowds knowing that she was breaking the law just to touch his cloak. And when she touched his cloak, what happened? We see in verse 29 that she received complete and instant healing. Now remember, men aren't supposed to talk to women in public. Remember when I said that? So Jesus, he could have had that happen and knew what happened even and just kept on walking he was actually on his way if you read the story a little bit earlier and and after on the way to uh to he was with Jairus and, and going to heal his daughter that had died so he could have kept on walking he had a place to go and and breaking the law would have you know talking to her but what did he do he stopped and he said who touched my garments like you didn't know but what did he do there? He, he, he acknowledged her. Mm. Jesus demonstrated in that moment his value for women. Like that should touch you deeply on how the world viewed women. And yet he stopped and said, who touched my garments? He, 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 he paused and acknowledged her and demonstrated his value. And here she is, fear, has fear and trembling. But she came to him and she, and she told the whole truth. She didn't tiptoe around it. It was me. And here's where we see Jesus demonstrate his love for women. How? Because he gives her, in verse 33, a gentle response, calling her daughter. A term for believers. A term of endearment. He displays his value and his love for her and says, Faith has made you well. Go in peace. You see how this is linking to Matthew eleven twenty eight, And when we come to him, we get peace. 
when we take his yoke and we learn, we grow in our peace and deeper peace and how that's all tied to our faith in him, but not just believing, but trusting in him. She didn't know for sure, but she believed in that little bit of faith, desperate, courageous faith. She went to him and she was made healed, instant healing. And oh, how sweet that Jesus commended her faith, showed his love and his value for her. Sometimes we don't know how refreshed we are until we realize how thirsty we are. Have you ever thought about like working on a hot day or haven't had water and, and you have that thirst and, and then remember drinking like a cold glass of water. Can you relate and just feeling how refreshed, how satisfying that is when you finally get that drink of water? Or maybe when you're really hungry to the point where your stomach's growling or you're getting a headache and then you sit down for a meal, you eat something and it, it causes maybe the headache to go away and you, that hunger, that, that satisfied my hunger. But if we never experienced being thirsty or hungry, we wouldn't realize how refreshing it was to be satisfied in those moments. Hear me when I say this. So at times we will suffer, but in those times is when we can have a desperate, a bold and courageous faith as the woman did and go to Jesus. How satisfying that is. So you wouldn't realize how satisfying it is if you didn't realize how desperate and courageous you need to be to go to him. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God. So don't take it for granted. We are saved through faith, trusting and relying on Jesus, but it is by grace, it says. So that's our next point. We are satisfied in Christ by grace. I'm totally okay with you not giving me amens because I think there's a heaviness to this story and how this should be relating specifically to your life or to those around you. And I pray that even after this retreat, as we're sad to leave each other, that you take this and really consider and meditate on his word to know how can you live differently knowing that you are satisfied in Jesus Christ through your faith and now by grace. What is grace? It's giving, uh, it, it gives a blessing that we don't deserve. So God's grace gives us a blessing that we don't deserve. If you want to write that down. And then the opposite of that is mercy, which withholds a punishment that we do deserve. So grace, getting something we don't deserve. We, 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 don't des we get God's love, but we deserve his wrath. If you've ever heard of this. And mercy, not getting something we do deserve. We deserve hell, and instead we get eternity. So grace is getting something we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting something that we do deserve. Romans 5.10 says, For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled sh shall we be saved by his life. Think about it. Grace in God is giving us the greatest treasure to the least deserving. 
grace in God is giving us the greatest treasure to the least deserving. How satisfying is that? 2 Corinthians 9 says, While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Grace in God is giving us the greatest treasure to the least deserving. So what does grace in Jesus look like? I think we need to look at someone who was given grace like us and how that impacted him to live differently. So now we're going to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, if you want to turn there. This apostle is known as the apostle of grace. And so um, oftentimes, if you ever think about like, oh, how can my life look worse? Do you ever have those moments? Well, instead of looking at a sister's life and trying to compare myself to, oh, they have it worse because I care for them and don't want to do that, I'll go to the scripture and it's very easy to find someone in the Bible that has had it so much worse than we do. Like there's literally nothing we can go through ever. Well, here, here's the truth. This is not my notes and this is the like the as true as I could get with you. There is literally nothing that you will ever, ever, ever go through in this world while you're alive in this world that surpasses what Jesus did for you. There you go. And quite honestly, now that we're about to read a little bit about Paul, I, I would assume there's a lot that he went through that we also won't. That should, that should bring a level of humility to your heart right now. 2 Corinthians 12 9 through 10, the Lord said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with hardships, with persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is, this is not a dude that says, for when I am weak, then I am strong, that just kind of went through wearing masks for eight months. What do we learn in this, this short passage? Well, God's grace is sufficient. That grace that I just told you, the greatest treasure for the least deserving, well, guess what? That's sufficient for every single thing that you will walk through. What does sufficient even mean? It means enough to meet the needs of a situation. The Greek word archaeo, enough to meet the needs of a situation. It is to be satisfied. That's the definition of grace that you're got, you, that you received through Jesus. To be possessed by unfailing strength. The strength that God has, that is the giver of power that you learned last night, is now made available to us through God's grace, through Jesus Christ. Gosh, isn't that the beauty thing of the, of the Godhead? Can't wait to even tie in the Holy Spirit to this afternoon. Verse 9, it also says what we learn. Not only is God's grace sufficient, but his power is made perfect in weakness. And here's a goodie, so get your pens ready. God permits us 
to become weak so that we might receive his strength. God permits us to become weak so that we might receive his strength. How often times that our gifts might be cultivated and we feel pretty confident and our abilities and what we can do and, and we're just going at it like, all right, I got this. I'm good at this. Oftentimes we're blessed financially and everything's kind of working well in our world and how often we forget to be fully dependent on the Lord and it's at times like this when we are weak, I am a literally a testimony of standing up here and even talking to you. Sisters, I have been weak over the last six weeks and fully dependent on the Lord to write this message specifically for you. And I want you to consider how does that directly impact you? Realizing that in your weakness, you can be satisfied in Jesus and go to him for his strength. So one more time, God permits us to become weak so that we might receive his strength. Verse 10, Paul says, For the sake of Christ, he is content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamity. I don't know about you, but I do not want to be content with that. I don't. I don't. Let's all be honest. We don't want to do that. But at times like this, times that what you're walking through, when those outside of these four walls that don't have that living hope in God see you and see how you're walking through this, guess what you're doing? You're that firing torch that my sister reminded me of, shining brightly for the Lord. It should be. I should look at Emily's life and say, how are you doing that? Julie, why are you so happy all the time? Why? Because these ladies love the Lord. They have desperate, courageous faith for him. And I want you to, I want to take a step further, and, and I'm, I, I timed myself low, but I ran long last night, so let's stick with me here, because I want y'all to read just really quick. Have y'all actually read what Paul suffered, like how he suffered? Like, this is legit. 2 Corinthians 11, which is like a chapter ahead of where we just were in 12, so 11 23 through 30 i'm going to read to you really quick he gives the corinthian church and second corinthians is a much better letter than first corinthians so and yet he still wants to remind him like hello you guys verse 23b it says starting there it says here's what paul's the suffering he endured far more imprisonments with countless beatings and often near death Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. I read in the stoned, when you're stoned, they actually, there's other passages in scripture you'll read, they drag you out of the city to die, like you're meant for dead. And Paul was, like they drug him out, so he could have died, and he didn't. Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day, and I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys and danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. 
who is weak? Am I not weak? Yes, Paul. Who is made to fail? Am I not indignant? How can it get worse than that? Paul suffered in unimaginable ways. But we saw just now what we read in 12. He said he's content. Do you know why? For the sake of Christ. He took all of these sufferings because he was proclaiming God's word. How often are we fearful to even share the gospel with someone who unbelief because we're afraid to offend them? We should be more afraid of the wrath that they're going to receive from our all-powerful God. Be brave, sisters. The grace that Paul was given was sufficient. So how does that apply to your personal situation right now? All of you are walking through levels of suffering in all different ways. So we don't want to compare to each other. And sometimes even what someone's going through that you might consider small is actually really, really heavy for them. What are you walking in and through right now that you need rest from? Have you lost hope? Are you going to other things to be satisfied? I, I feel like there's a level that all of us could say yes. So dig deep on that one. We, we do. And that's even other people, you guys. There's, God made us to be in relationship, but Jesus is first. So how can you accept the invitation from Jesus when he says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and be satisfied in him. Paul modeled for us how to have joy, peace, and contentment despite what obstacle we face. Paul taught us this. He suffered a great deal, and yet he has written much encouragement for us to live by. And with the woman, we saw instant healing through her faith. But with Paul, we see continual suffering that's satisfied by grace. There's two different stories here, and I want to make sure that I tie them in together for you. Because we saw a woman who suffered for 12 years and in that moment had courageous faith. And with that faith, she was made healed instant. And that could happen to some of you. But others, we often pray to maximize our pleasure and minimize our pain. I know y'all do. Don't lie. We want to maximize our pleasure and minimize our pain. Let me have the best life and the best me right now while I'm here. Well, Paul represented what continual suffering was and how, like us, he was satisfied by Jesus. So what I'm going to read now in closing, and then we'll lead us into our discussion questions, is continue Paul as he wrote, writes to his church, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 18. I'm going to read that for us in closing. And I know that y'all are going to go into the questions, and I pray that, that the Lord stirs great discussion in a way that 
that meets each of you where you are. I think there's a fruit to the fact that there's only four to you and not eight at that table because I hope that you all get the opportunity to share and really take this seriously. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. I'm not sure what your church's standard is. I hope I should have probably said that earlier. But English Standard Version. I'm going to close this out as what you just read, what Paul said, what he endured in suffering in chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. And how interesting that two times already this morning, Julie and Judy have both shared this portion of the scripture at the end. You think God's got something to say to you specifically? Yep. Love it, love it. Ladies, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to the death for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Christ also may be manifested in our mortal bodies. So the death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith. According to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Your eternity does not start when you're dead. You've already died to your old nature. Your new life is now. Your eternity is secure now. You can live now with that promise. For it is all for your sake that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Write these two questions down in your reflection questions because I thought of them after. And then I'd love to pray for our time in discussion together. How do you relate to either the woman or Paul? How do you relate to either the woman or Paul? And I want you to share at your table, if you only do one question together tonight, I want you to discuss this. How are you going to Jesus or not going to Jesus to be satisfied? I think if there's anything that we can encourage each other in as sisters in Christ, it's that. How can we encourage our sisters to stop going to whatever it is that you are right now currently going to be satisfied in? And how can I help my sister go to Jesus and then vice versa, right?
So how are you going to Jesus to be satisfied? Or how are you not going to Jesus to be satisfied? And let's like really, like liter- seriously, like just lay it out. Like as raw as you can be. Like just like let's be transparent. Let's have a state of confession. What's confession? We're acknowledging our need for God's sanctifying grace. That's what you need at your tables. Because every single one of us is doing it. So be the first one to lead and encourage your sister in that tonight. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, you have paved a way for this retreat. The fact that we are here is literally by your grace. Lord, I pray that whether you pricked the lady's heart tonight or it's tomorrow or next week or next month, Lord, that there is a truth here that you have. There's no way your word does not go void. It is living and active. Lord, soften our hearts to to make sure that we're listening to you, hearing what you're saying, Lord, not being spiritually blind or having spiritual amnesia, Lord, but we're going to you to learn more about who you are, being refreshed by you, God, but being satisfied in Jesus. Help us to understand faith and your grace and a new light tonight. Lord, stir this discussion. Lord, eliminate any fears that would paralyze or limit the truth coming from the girl's mouth tonight at this table to be transparent on how they're going to anything other than you to be satisfied because it will never quench. It will never satisfy it is not fulfilling lay it down tonight girls that is for someone surrender right now anything or anyone that you are going to outside of jesus to be satisfied lord let the ladies be fired up this weekend lord this weekend was for them and lord i pray that they walk out of here they are more fired up for you than they have ever been all year long and they go out there as as the living hope that you have given us, Lord, the fact that we can believe and shine bright for you. Lord, let others, like our light, radiate, even when they're in the grocery store and says, what is up with that girl? And it's not about how cute her mask is, but there is just this radiance about her because it's your glory. It's her inward beauty just shining out. It's not her hair and makeup. It's that inward character that only you can give us. Lord, let us not ever be in a place that we feel like we know it all, and yet we're not pouring out and, 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 and not being just consumers and learning more, but, Lord, we're discipling others. We're encouraging how our sisters are, are um, struggling in their hardships and their trials. And, Lord, it's so different in each of our lives. But, Lord, may we confess tonight. Maybe we be encouraged Lord, may may we come to you. Lord Jesus, thank you for that invitation to come to you. May we grow deep in our peace from it. And we ask this in your son's name. Amen.